All right, Zane. So, you know, the hydrofoil is all fueled up. Uh, we have a map. Okay. Uh, have you gone to the bathroom? Uh, yep, I have. Uh, have you really, though? I've gone, been, and went. Okay, good. Because uh, I just want to make sure that we're all prepared this time. We, you know, we haven't made it to the actual Cartoni Awards the last two years. And I want to make sure we, we don't disappoint our fans. Well, Ben, that's why mm. I thought ahead. You see, we won't miss the Cartoni Awards because they're happening right here. What? See, this time it's foolproof. You instead snake of, in the grass. Instead of risking getting lost, I sent out invitations to have the ceremony take place right here at the convention hall. Ah, smart. Here, let me let me call it up on my phone. All right. Uh, subject line, that time of year again. Dear colleagues, I'm sure you're all very excited to join in the festivities. It's been a great year, and we can't wait to see the work you've done. So come down to the convention hall and get ready to show your stuff. Best, Zane. Yeah, sounds sounds unambiguous. Yeah. Oh, uh, one possible problem? I may have used my work email. I, I think that's fine. I think that, you know, we're well known enough that I think everyone's going to understand the difference. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like some people are starting to pour in. All right. Oh, uh, Dexter, right out the gate. Doesn't yeah. want to be late. Yeah, there's Dee Dee helping him carry, mm, I don't know, some sort of monster. That can't be what he planned to bring, but oh well. <laughs> Um, and Jimmy oh. Neutron bringing up the rear. Yeah, looking sharp. Yeah, looking well rounded. I, I I don't know. Uh, he he looks good today. Yeah, maybe he's got new conditioner. Maybe he invented new conditioner. Oh, uh, that's probably it. And then we to solve ooh. a very simple problem. Doctor Membrane, keep your distance. He might turn you into a squid. Man, he's he's even more intimidating and imposing up up close. Yeah. Well. As long as you stay out of his gesticulation range, it should be fine. Oh, it looks like Princess Bubblegum is not doing that. He, She is stuck to the back of his coat. <laughs> I'm sure they'll sort it out by the time we all set up. Oh, Man. Brain, brain is uh, trying to get a sample there. Yeah, wow. This is, whew. The people are really filing in nicely, setting up. What are they setting up? Um. Well, it looks like uh, Rick Sanchez is playing around with his portal gun. Nothing nothing weird there. Yeah, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, number two has some sort of freeze ray? Sure. It, it looks like it might be a freeze ray. Nice. Yeah, I. but why are they... Ooh, the Fenton Peeler. <gasps> I love the Fenton Peeler. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand what they're doing, though. Like, this is, you know, this is Cartoni Award, so they should be kind of setting up what they... Yeah, you, you know, know you set up you set up your booth, little clips mm -hmm. of the past year, maybe a free pen. Yeah, right. it looks like they're going all out this year. Yeah, but they're all I mean, I guess they're all setting up devices that they've been using in the past year. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. Is that the I idea? mean Um uh, Well, what about Professor Frank? He's just well, no, I guess he's drinking he, he's drinking a, a special mixture he made. I believe he's trying to drink flubber. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's probably not good. Um Oh, but maybe Brace Bannon can help him. It looks like that. The whole Bannon family is coming in. Um, Brace can help him out while uh, while Dr. Benton Quest is... Hmm. It looks like, it looks like he's got some sort of uh, robot bodyguard going on there. This is odd, well, I, Zane. I don't understand. It's, think it's fine. Look, they're mingling over by the drinks table. Professor Farnsworth just gave Professor Utonium a wedgie. Like, these are some high-class people, I think. That, that, is a, that is a brilliant image, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, no, these are high-class people, certainly, but do you get the feeling like they're all trying to show off their inventions and not really, you know, supporting the Cartoni Awards? Well, this is what those 
cartoons are known for, although I'm not I, seeing I a ton so. of others. No, but I mean, like, well, there's Bulma from Dragon Ball Z, but, and uh, I assume the Dragon Ball cast is somewhere nearby, but I don't see them right now. It's just... It's just her and another like enhanced well, gravity maybe, machine. Maybe they went down to the uh, bodybuilder hall of the uh, convention center. It's a, it's a big center, so yeah, yeah. They got like shake weights there. Oh, there's Peabody and Mister Sherman or Mister Peabody and Sherman. Okay, that, that's a that's a real that's a real uh those are a real, real old high. one. Yeah, that's a real old one. They've got gravitas. Yeah, no, I think I think we're in the right spot. It, I don't know. Wait a minute, Zane. Have you looked around? Have you like? turned your head at all uh no just just my regular field of vision i think i think it's pretty good I, well, nice I don't want to i don't want to upset, upset your uh, your morality or anything like that so i'm gonna actually just pick you up by your feet and turn your entire body oh thank you that way you can keep looking forward okay see the other side yeah you see that banner um bruce banner uh oh well yeah him, <laughs> him and uh he's, he's here <laughs> Yeah, it looks like Bruce Banner is also here, <laughs> injecting some stuff into frogs. <laughs> uh, but no, the the banner slightly above him uh, that reads um, third annual uh, science fair. I don't remember putting together a science fair. Huh. Well, maybe maybe one of these young aspiring saviors of the human race can. Uh, build some sort of machine to help you with your memory but in the well, meantime let's just Zane, use a portal I, gun to go to the dimension where we ended up at the right place you d- you've done it again zane you want to <laughs> you want to take all these guys with us i really, I really want to take bruce banner at the very least <laughs> yeah let's take uh, I, I don't think he'll appreciate being moved uh, you might be right <laughs> that could make him cross welcome to the third annual cartoni awards the third annual cartoni awards third so Yes. Three years. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Pizza run. Uh, welcome, listeners. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And I'm... And you're listening... Oh, hey. shit. <laughs> and my name is Dan. True. <laughs> now with inflection. <laughs> no disrespect to you, and maybe a little disrespect to us. This is the Katarn... Let us yes. introduce... Let... <laughs> our ghost. <laughs> I like to think I'm where everyone got the idea from to punish their children. Hey, really? I, I hate to be I this no way idea. because you are our guest, but you are full of shit. I killed the podcast. <laughs> you are responsible for this renaissance that the Carton cast is going through. <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> Why is it that? Why oh is God. that it? I didn't, I didn't mention it to you. We're in a renaissance. Yeah, but th- I saw that information and, and discarded it immediately. <laughs> Long story short, everybody dies. All right. And oh, sure. What, what is your point? <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> did, did I just ruin the conversation? <laughs> I'm getting feedback no, I like I ruined it. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that and veto that question. I don't want to quarter circle back for this podcast, Zane. There's Generally, a... when you say listen up, you keep talking. Weird. <laughs> Ooh, Fruits Basketball. There's something there. Oh, no, there isn't, Zane. But of yeah. Mice and X-Men? Then uh, there's money here. <laughs> there isn't. Sure. Ben, if a comet hit the Earth. I guess that's fine. And, and it's like... Elves happened. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. How, how would that work? There is this what you think making conversation is? But it actually can happen. Sure. Because it has happened. And <laughs> yeah. it is happening right now. You're just trying to piss me off now. <laughs> Gotta show her the code of the West. I, I'm, I can't wait to learn that information if it is good information. And what don't are we, uh, care what? to... <laughs> 
receive that information if it is bad information. And if you don't give me any information, I will wish you had given me information. I, I need you to stop talking. <laughs> we get Wait, the you're same... telling me it's okay to be black again? <laughs> Speaking of white power. Like, I hesitate to say props to Hitler, but... Boat suicide is the most metal suicide, it is true. I don't think that's on. true or something good to, like, go on record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the charts. Where are we on the charts? We have 35 <laughs> callers. How much money have we raised? Uh... <laughs> Shit's popping off, Don. Forget it for you. Hey, forget about it for a minute. Hey, you <laughs> What's the matter, you? <laughs> Let's Don't moving think of on. me as a hypocrite, but I mean, if I gotta use magic to get this thing done, I'll do it. Oh, yeah. Beyond the scope of this sketch, I actually totally <laughs> dig that. How great. On a scale from one to great, one being the greatest. You know how Napoleon was really good at something? <laughs> he's screaming because he's so excited that he won the identity. <laughs> it's either like, how am I into head explosions, am I? Very or extremely. And the journey of a thousand exploded heads starts with the great bear. <laughs> and don't you put makeup on a duck and tell, oh, well, actually. <laughs> you know, there might be something to this. <laughs> ah, dang. <laughs> well, we got ourselves a Thursday. That makes as, as, so like, much more sense now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, In as this kind way of like that way doesn't to... make any sense at all, but continue. <laughs> ba -da, Extra work. Ba -ba -ba, subway. You're close enough. Oh, the like dark seedy underbrow. Uh, under, underbrow. <laughs> I refer you to the supercat. The supercut of it. <laughs> the supercat. Oh, boy. Damn you. Damn you, supercat. <laughs> you you flaunced your claws for the last time. <laughs> this time you won't be landing on your feet. Inside out cat is also because he's a cat on the inside and he's inside out cat on the outside. But he died. <laughs> and then there's like the, the furry argument and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Tickles and... Jigglypuffs. Yeah, but wow. <laughs> you, hear, you heard it here, folks. Folks first. Hulks. Here first. Hulks first. Hulks. It's all heaving bosoms and thrusting. This is a mouse in love, Watson. <laughs> Thanks for keeping pay, touching, touching thank, my dog. Thank, thank <laughs> you for, for your patronage. His abs were like a stained glass window. Oh, man, your pecs looking real good today, man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> But Pat, for good luck. Partner. They're not gay. They just don't have time for anything that's not manly men. <laughs> Fingers out of my childhood's pants. If you would like to fist our North Star. And ooh. I know you do. <laughs> ya ta 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 ta. <laughs> Put your right foot in. Mm -hmm. um, Put your right pencil in and write in to <laughs> www.cartoncast.com. These, these segues are getting really weird. Pretty good. I'm happy. I don't think they started like this. <laughs> the, the people that we could have been two hours back, Zane. But the Cartonia words are not real. Huh? This is what's ruining the kids. This specifically. <laughs> but I think we got to add this to the long list of stuff that we think is funny, but really isn't. <laughs> how, do we, how do we come out of the clip show? However we want. They know what saying they know what's up. They know the Carton cast. Yeah. They know that we you know review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. They they know that we're the that we, They know that you are Ben. They know that I'm my name is Ben. And they know that my name is Zane. And I'm tired. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh yeah. Welcome back everyone. Wow. What a year it's been. What a pizza run we've had. We've had quite the pizza run. Uh it was zany to the max. Uh, a third catchphrase from a show that we've talked about recently. And, you know, we always love doing these these things. We always love doing these kind of wrap-ups for the year. The Cartoni Awards are very special to me. I, uh, I look forward to them every single time. 
This is the sh- this is the episode once a year that we have where we rank a bunch of shows that we have talked about in various categories. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about it, Zane. Yes, and in celebration of our past years of, I'm going to say successes. I, I don't know what else you'd call them. <laughs> we're going to uh, look at our most superlative uh, categories and see which category is most superlative ben help me out fucking perfect no it's uh (laughs) hey guys you you all know how this works we choose a bunch of categories and present them to each other with three shows that we think fit that category the best the other person will then debate them um except it's not really a debate it's more like a monologue because the other person is the one deciding it deciding it entirely yes we are going to be judging these uh categories on their merits there is no nepotism here. There are lack of merits also. Not a, not every category is, is something to be proud of. <laughs> we learned that last year. Mm, um, okay. But yeah. I think we learned it all. The, I think we knew it from the beginning, but. From square one. Yeah, from the first square. All right, Zane. Dawn of the first. Dawn of the first square. Well, then, Zane, I think it's time to get started. Let's kick things off with best introduction. So. Zane, this is a category where we talk about the best intro that we've done. Not the best one to a show, but the best intro that we've done. I'm very excited for this. This is always one of my favorite things to look back at because we have some that are very well thought out and very funny. Yeah. We have some where we're just like, these are fine, let's move on. <laughs> and then we have some where we just give up halfway through and somehow those are the best. <laughs> yeah. So let me present to you with the first one of those, Capital Critters. Ooh! <laughs> now we tried for a good long while figuring out if we could possibly do any presidential humor. We came up with a couple passable ideas for a skit, but the better jokes were happening in the construction of that, where we were just riffing on presidents. Zane was doing great impressions. I was only doing Bill Clinton trying to talk to Lionel, <laughs> which is, I think, his natural state. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where he fits to me. That's he's in my head canon. He is a warrior from Thundera. Let's yeah. just let's just make the air clear on that one. Um, but yeah, we, we gave up trying to do a skit and just like, you know, let's just let everybody into our thought process. Um, and yeah, it turned and out that being was, very funny. That was a lot of fun. And I'm actually surprised how many we got and how long it ended up lasting. <laughs> very good at presidential impressions, weirdly. <laughs> uh, the next one is the Fist of the North Star intro. Ooh. So I, I don't know if, about you. I thought that this was great. The idea of... Uh, Ken working in a massage parlor is a very funny one to me. Um, I got to use the you are already dead joke with your your bill has already been paid. Uh, and and yeah. this was another one where you didn't tell me going into it what was going to happen. That's right. I just was like saying you're going to you're going to you'll figure it out. I think you knew where I was going with it as soon as I said massage parlor. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. Fist of the North Star, that whole episode, I think, I didn't enjoy much when we first put it out, and it has been growing on me more and more. Yeah, I really like that episode. Uh, and the final the final uh, contender is Pelswick, where Ooh. we both just were bullies at a debate talking about the, philo- the philosophical concept of bullying. <laughs> just putting out our bully voices for all to hear yeah which is great and we got to put up nice bu- bully names i think y- that your last name was murderstein <laughs> <laughs> fitzgerald the third or something like we got to do like really haughty british uh british slash bully voices which is a really fun mixture 
So I like that a lot. Okay. Uh, I would like yeah. to shout out the beginning to Earthworm Jim because uh, I think that that idea was very funny um, of being, uh, of having, uh, of trying to free Peter the puppy from the demons of his Hulk. Hulk form. From his Hulk form by having the pastor Bob the Goldfish <laughs> try to baptize the demons out of him. It's a great Bob the Goldfish pastor voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was uh, who? Gary. That was, Yeah. So Gary was... Uh, was was responsible for that one and god that voice was so good but yeah those are Um, your three these are my three all right well um (laughs) it's weird because capital critters that whole intro like i love i've listened to it so many times since then because it just flows very nicely and i feel weird because like yeah it wasn't really an intro It sets a bad precedent that those are the funny ones, but sometimes you just gotta like let that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually like we tried to start talking about the show after that, like after we cut in the theme song and all that, but it very quickly went back to nonsense. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, wasn't that the one where we were talking about how uh, Macaulay Culkin won the I did or not? That's right. Great. What a good joke. Would you would you have hopefully heard in the intro omnibus just now, <laughs> dear listeners? Um Fist of the North Star. So I I'm actually I don't think this one. Okay. Just because um like I, I like the music that you cut in. Uh the very calm, peaceful, like massage parlor music. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of uh <laughs> I work a lot on the intros to these things. Because <laughs> um, I know that if I'm like flipping through my my podcast, my iPod, or, uh, not iPod, geez, my phone, and I'm trying to... Uh, my Zune. Yeah, looking through my Zune. Uh, my, my my Walkman. If I'm flipping through my Walkman and I just want to listen to something that we've done that's funny, I just go to the beginning of any episode because the yeah. intros are usually the funniest bits. Um, but this one, just for whatever reason, didn't fully click with me. I think this episode took us a little bit to get started. Um, uh, but it, I mean, it was a good intro. It was a solid theme that we like kept character in. But Fist in the I don't North know, Star, didn't pop for me. you are already uh, excluded. There we go. <laughs> Pelswick, this one's tough. God, <laughs> Pelswick seems so long ago. Yeah, it was a while. Um. I really love this one. And we got to reference because... Nelson Muntz as like a scholarly <laughs> figure, a philosopher king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the god emperor king Nelson Muntz. Uh, just debate, and I like one of the podcasts I listen to is like NPR debates, and like it really does go back and forth just like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad we were able to emulate it. Yeah, I think it's gonna have to be Pelswick. Nice, that uh, means because we get to listen to Skazane <laughs> because the. Uh, just the ending that uh, of that intro where we actually yeah. have to bully the kid in yeah. a wheelchair. <laughs> like, that intro was funny, and it perfectly fit the show. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm very proud of that one. It didn't take too much to get going, either. No. It was nice and easy. All right. Pelswick. And, well, what, what, what is the interlude? Or Lupin the Third. And if it's neither of those, it'll be funny that we thought it was. Yep. <laughs> we know humor. Uh, we know <laughs> about humor because we've watched <laughs> cartoons. I'll agree to that much. That's right. All right, Zane. All right. The next category is the 
good intro to bad show ratio. Now these are these are intros of the shows themselves, including the visuals therein. Uh, and we're looking at a show where the intro got you pumped, got you ready, and the show itself fell flat with a with a wet fart. Yep. Uh, so our first contender here, uh, on the basis of it being a really bad show, is Disney's House of Mouse. Okay, well, I mean, We're, that definitely waits intro. pretty far in the one direction. <laughs> well, the intro, it's not the best. Uh, it is this kind of upbeat jazz that gets you excited. You get to see all the different Disney characters, and you're like, there's so much promise here that mm. it's just not borne out at all because they focus on the least interesting characters. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, The Weekenders, which is a good show, also a Disney show, mm-hmm. um, got pretty formulaic and, and standard after a few watchings, but that intro is just amazing. That intro is real good. Wayne Brady, killing it 100% of the time. Uh, we get these nice little snapshots of all the different like summer activities or weekend activities uh, in California, which I assume is like the summer. Yes. Geographically just, speaking. Just ask uh, Rocket Dad about that. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that that show is fine. There's uh, there's also guys doing like uh, old school dances in front of like an iPod in, uh, ad. So like, you yeah, know, that's just like wacky hotel floor carpeting pattern. Like, it tells you everything that you need to know <laughs> about these kids. Like, so it's also like really well immersed in, in kind of telling you about the show itself. I'm living for the weekend. Yeah, and pizza road. It's so good. It's pretty good. Um, and finally, uh, for good intro to bad show ratio, we have Bucky O'Hare. Bucky O'Hare, which um is not a flawless intro, and it looks a little looks a little weird. Uh, but that hook, very strong. That sort of '90s white guy rap, which is so endearing. Looking back on it, when like <laughs> you're not supposed to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, I showed it. I showed it to Ethan, and uh, yeah, he was pretty into it. <laughs> and the show itself is competent, um, but and, and I enjoyed a fair bit. But I don't think it's winning any any awards. Okay. Or except for this specific award, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Who can tell? uh okay so i think what you i think you misspoke uh it is a flawless intro (laughs) (laughs) so i'll i'll forgive you that uh that hiccup (laughs) there but um yeah so it sounds like what you're asking is was the intro to the weekenders or bucky o'hare better than how bad house of mouse was that's right and i think the answer to that is no but (laughs) give me a second um so I liked the show Captain Bucky O'Hare far more than I like The Weekenders. Uh, oh really? So I think that that I think that it beats out. Um, yeah, I I mean just in in concept, I think is is really really strong. Whereas I've kind of seen Weekenders style stuff before. Mm-hmm. Although it was executed well, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna toss Bucky O'Hare out. Um, so for the uh, for the Weekenders, that intro is dynamite obviously uh but the show is also very good so i I don't think that we have that gulf that is necessary there so i'm almost thinking that disney's house of mouse might need to win by default but (laughs) at the same time i don't think that its intro was all that good it wasn't which is why this is difficult i i don't 
there were actually quite a few shows that went in the other direction during oh, yeah? this during our season. Um, Earthworm Jim, for example. Yeah, that that, that intro is pretty bad. And the show itself is, is pretty entertaining. Um, what about Codename Kids Next Door? I, I didn't like the intro very much on that one. Oh, I thought that was pretty good. I mean, it was fine. Oh, nope. Zane, I found the winner. Okay. Class of 3000. <laughs> I liked Class of 3000. <laughs> oh, you're so wrong. <laughs> oh, man. There's division in the ranks, guys. This is going to be an issue. What about, uh, we're going uh, go to go behind closed doors. Scooby-Doo? Then you're just throwing out all the different cartoons. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm just going nuts. All right. Well, I think I think I have to leave it between. Uh... No, it's just got to be House of Mouse. <laughs> I like I like the other two shows too much to give to uh, to give them a bad name. And you, I think you're forgetting regarding Class of Three Thousand that horrible like middle part. I I think that that is acceptable losses. <laughs> acceptable losses. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, so yeah, Disney's House of Mouse. Yep, but we knew it was only a matter of time until it started winning garbage awards, but uh, <laughs> you know, it still feels good. Yeah, we don't we don't have the time or the energy to do like a separate good shows, bad shows award ceremony, so we gotta get it all in in one. Oh yeah. Um, oh all right, well, yeah. Oh yeah. It's Kool Aid Man. Mm-hmm. Captain Kool Aid, old man. <laughs> oh man, Captain Kool Aid. <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right, so Captain next Kool-Aid, up, oh, yeah. so next up is a category for me, um, or rather from me to you, Zane, my brother. For me, right now. <laughs> um, all right, so this this category is most interesting protagonist in the world. Mm. This is a protagonist that you'd want on countless memes. Uh, you want him selling your products. You want him to be associated with everything that is good in the world. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm going to be picturing uh, each of these protagonists on the cover of a Wheaties box. Yeah. Or on uh, the cover of GQ. Either yeah. way. Both good. Games quarterly. Yep. Game of quarters. Donkey Kong. Fistful of nickels. Fistful of nickels? <laughs> uh, so for, for most interesting protagonists in the world, we have a first dib from Invader Zim. Hmm. So Dib is a uh, Dib is a really interesting character because he's you know he's an outcast. He's one of the only characters that we can actually relate to, which makes him very compelling just by contrast. And he has one of the better, I think, hero villain relationships since you know the samurai on Aku. There, he and Zim are at each other's throats. They bring out the best and worst in each other, and they have a lot of similarities. They're just playing for different sides. That's true. Um, I almost think that zim is the protagonist his um, name I being think in the title both of them, i think that both of them are reasonable okay as the protagonist i think you can make that argument and if you want to choose zim over dib that's fine i think that dib is the more interesting of the two that's fair although zim does have a zim nice has the charisma Z- zim has the uh Dun- dunning kruger effect that we were talking about which is in full mm, force yeah it's the, the most distilled example i've ever seen so that's that. Um, we uh, have for the next one, we've got Kid Rad from Ra- uh, Rad from Kid Rad. Okay. So uh, this was a webcomic that we talked about. Um, I thought that he was really interesting in so far as he had to kind of come to terms with this idea that he can't be 
what he was born as. So he was b- born as this kind of fighter protagonist dude in a video game, and he had to join the world at large, which didn't want homicidal maniacs running around, and so he <laughs> had to kind of reinvent himself. He went through this whole arc where he like tried to opt out of reality. He came back, decided that he was going to try to join up. Suddenly a war is going on, and he has to actually become the person that he was born as, but in this really weird, strange context. It's very impressive to see not only a character go through like a full character arc, a really rich and and developed one, but also see them like imbue other characters with that arc just by meeting them. Yeah, they're they're all thinking about it as soon as they meet Rad. Something I've been watching a Hunter X Hunter recently, Zane. Oh, on uh, whose recommendation? <laughs> uh, on yours. Uh, and also Super Eye Patch Wolf. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, I I something that I. I'm kind of sick of in that is that everybody keeps on talking about how great this kid is. Like they, they won't <laughs> shut up about it. And I, I find it kind of, I, I really roll my eyes when that happens. Um, kid rad doesn't do that. He doesn't force his ideals on everyone. And everybody just talks about how interesting he is. No, he, he lives his ideals and everyone just picks up on how well it's working for him. Yeah. Really all cool. Right. Yeah. And finally, most interesting protagonist in the world. I don't think that this is a surprise at all. Lupin from <laughs> Lupin the Third, the Mystery of Mamo. Nee. <laughs> he uh this is a really fun character. I I love how his ideals in that movie are so clear and so compelling. The idea that trying to hold on to your humanity, trying to live as long as you can isn't the right way to live. The right way to live is to put your heart on your sleeve and always move forward and never consider failure an option actually. <laughs> And you know, there's some problems with that philosophy, but he's whole into that idea, and it's super well-developed, and I think that he's a very compelling personality besides it. Yeah. So those are your three categories. I want to make a shout-out to uh, the Menagerie of St. Germain. Oh, yeah, of course. Because I think that uh, I think that uh, Trickle Track, you know, the true protagonist of the show, obviously, uh, Aardvark DuPont is... You know, one of the character this kind of the, the front character, but Trickle Track is the one that really gets the most person personality. So I wanted to add him in there as well. Oh, absolutely! Like when they div- when they uncover the secrets that Sergeant Leader is keeping from them, and he just like mm-hmm. like he sees it just before everyone else. Yeah, and, and guides it's, be- them and it's in a because way so he's gone through all that it. hardship that he can actually like gain yes. that perspective. Yeah. Uh, we we can't count him though because he's not the protagonist; he's more a deuteragonist. Yeah. Um, in that line, I'm, I think I'm also going to exclude Dib. Um, it, okay. it is, he is very interesting, um, as a character, just this sort of boy genius who wasn't given the right environment to thrive. He, like, he belongs in a different time. I think I'm, I'm removing him just because it is his interplay with Zim that is the most interesting thing about it. Kind of like how Samurai Jack wasn't all that interesting unto himself. Yeah. Yeah, although in in Invader Zim, I think they the fact that they take turns being protagonists that's is so a, great. A very interesting take. Um, yeah, that that show is so good in most ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, he's he's fairly annoying sometimes. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I think that he's a really strong one, and that in maybe a different year he could have won, but the other two yeah. are really strong as well. <laughs> yeah, so looking at it, so the big difference I see here is Rad has 
shows just a tremendous amount of character progression from start to finish, whereas Lupin kind of starts off interesting and, and maintains that high bar. Yeah, that's true. They both are able to, like, have overwhelming influence over those around them. Mm-hmm. Although with Rad's case, it's actually very much like a team effort and they're bolstering him. Whereas with Lupin, like, there's a lot of doubt there. Like, t- should I keep following this idiot? Yeah, that's true. Um, You know, the, the title of this award, the most interesting protagonist in the world, you know, you kind of have this sense of a debonair, <laughs> of Ooh. a debonair James yeah, Bond type. Wanna, hey, Zane, would you like to sign up for my debonair? <laughs> It's going to oh, happen soon. I, yeah, I really what, uh, appreciate what are you your discussing? membership. Yeah. <laughs> How to be a better Debbie. Yeah, that's right. Um, so Lupin sort of has an advantage there. Um, I think he's also a more three-dimensional character. Not to, you know, pun, pun kind of no, intended, but, he, but not he, proud of. He does of. have that. And, and Rad, to a degree, is thrown into these situations where, like, there's no choice but for him to progress and become more interesting. Um, and you know, at the end of it, uh, it, it is still a classic hero's journey where he you know, learns the value of friendship, defeats the big evil. I think Lupin is just like his setting imbues him with so much more character. So I'm going to go with Lupin the third. I think you're right. And I think I'm, was biting my nails over the thought of Lupin not getting the mark on this one. <laughs> like I, I overwhelmingly think that he's the most interesting one. I mean, you I'm have a character you're... who's survived for like half a century yeah <laughs> on the I basis mean, like, of his coolness yeah and the idea is that james bond would be the most interesting man in the world and this is just james bond so whatever <laughs> james bond as more of a ponce yeah and you know has a couple muskrats glued to his face <laughs> oh yeah the sideburns he uh, should have been an automatic win yeah <laughs> that's an automatic <laughs> win guys <laughs> why were we debating all right all right um, so the next category is probably my favorite recurring category, best conspiracy theory. Oh man. All right, Zane. All right. Let's hear um, it. All right. So now, I'm going to... last time was a pretty high bar. Because <laughs> last time was, what was it, Zane? Um, it was the Flintstones and the Jetsons where Barney is controlling it all behind the scenes. With the help of Great Gazoo because he's a Time Lord. Yes. Okay. We're good. Uh, so I'm going to say these three, try and withhold comments until I've gotten through all three. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. First, Popeye is a drug user, and he needs the spinach to keep going. Mm-hmm. Second, Popeye is secretly gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Olive likes him, but they can't last. He says a bunch of sexual innuendos. He's proclaiming his masculinity. <laughs> Third, Popeye <laughs> is a secret government super soldier project. The anchor tattoos on his absurd arms are surgery scars. He doesn't remember his identity. He was named for a deformity, and he only knows that he is what he am, the ultimate sailor man. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about, like... <laughs> Dude, did that all happen in that episode? Yes. Because <laughs> I think the idea of it being like Popeye being a drug addict is kind of a fairly popular one. I was the one who injected the idea that he might be closeted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those those two are actually just... <laughs> I wanted to make that joke. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> I figured that that wasn't true. That wasn't clear. 
or that wasn't uh, the actual category. But uh, uh, wait, the the super soldier one is definitely that's the actual one. The, the actual conspiracy theory, which is surprisingly <laughs> like like it fits. Yeah, there's, there's everything in, everything in the lore supports it. Um, but thank thank you for that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second real one is uh from Johnny Quest. Race Bannon's real mission is to keep Dr. Quest from revealing state secrets, and he has Johnny under his control as a threat. Yeah. Just, like, taking control of the situation, like, he wants to retire, but he was he was called in for this last job where he needs to just, like, hey, I'm gonna be near your kid constantly. Keep making robots. Yeah, that's true. Uh, shout out to uh, Andrew Spawn, who was on the on that Johnny Quest, uh, that episode for Johnny Quest. And shout out to Phil for being on Popeye. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> you made our conspiracy theories weirder. <laughs> uh, and the final one, Lion-O has been lied to by the oh. Thundercats who are training him <laughs> to return to Thundera to overthrow the government. Well, he <laughs> wasn't actually in the cryopod. The sword is fake. They, they are using him... At, like training him in guerrilla tactics and, <laughs> and like Thundera never exploded <laughs> I mean obviously it's that last one <laughs> super good <laughs> let, let me go through them though because I like the idea of uh, Popeye being a super soldier but I, I think that the format is a little too zany there's, for there's that nothing that bears it out <laughs> what's that I, there's nothing that bears it out and I no. honestly think him being gay makes more sense I, I think so too but both of those are like not those are more of a like a, our flights of fancy kind of thing than a, something that yeah, actually has is, like contextual evidence. Although this is for would, the gritty reboot. I, I would also argue that the winner from last year's conspiracy theory wasn't really borne out that well. It's just we liked it, it a lot. So this is <laughs> this is which one do we like the best? And I think I like Popeyes a little bit less than the other two. Okay. Uh, man. Yeah, Doctor Quest. I don't know, like. I really like the idea of Race Bannon being a government agent to keep everything kind of... Like, that appeals to me, but it, it appeals to my sense of intrigue. It requires such a small jump. Yeah, like everything is already there. It's all in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I like that one so much. But I, at the same time... <laughs> I, 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 when you revealed the, the Thundera conspiracy, or the, the Thundera contingency, we'll call it. <laughs> you, you immediately put it on this list? I'm like that is like usually it takes a little bit of persuading like no, you, I still you never convinced I still never convinced you of the Mumesa conspiracy where you they're all in. like just playing a role. No, you jumped in headfirst into the Thundera one. You were helping <laughs> me craft reasons that it could happen. <laughs> I think for that reason it's got to be I think it's yeah. got to be the ThunderCats one, but I do wish that it was the Johnny Quest one at the same time. <laughs> That's great. Yep. Uh, I, I had to do so little to get you on board. You were so pumped. <laughs> and you kept on, like, teasing me. <laughs> yeah, I, I teased you, like, half the episode. Like, well, that's assuming that they're telling you the truth. Like, oh, I don't know what to believe in. <laughs> nice. All right. Next up, Zane. Uh, this category uh, I just came up with because our other category was garbage. I think this one's going to be really fun. Uh... <laughs> This one is character you'd least want to hang out with. Okay. <laughs> Zane, I got some real some real some real nonsense here. Okay. Uh first off, let's get the, the let's get the, the the obvious one out of the way. Daria. 
Uh, she is a grouse. She is a misanthrope. She is not fun to hang out with. She's just sarcastic and leans against a wall. This is a real bummer of a character. I have gone on record saying that she ruins her own show for me. I, I realize that, but I think that these other two are going to give you some competition anyway. Uh, next is Mickey <laughs> from Mickey oh. Mouse. From oh. House of Mouse. <laughs> this guy. He is so like he's not like offensive to the senses it's just he's so personalityless and bland and like he, he's not a character he's he's barely a character and kind of you get the idea that he's writing his own coattails like he's uh he's kind of entitled at this point yeah like it, it gives him a sense of not needing to try yeah which i which i really dislike him for um and finally uh i think this one's more for me than for you, but you might agree. Prince Yuki from Fruits Basket. Oh, King of the Edge Lords. King of the Edge Lords. <laughs> the the Baron of Slim Ties and Soft Voices. Audience, we were considering doing a most beta male like <laughs> category, and he's right yeah, up there. He would be top of the charts. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah, so those are your three. I think I I think I'd like to give a, a shout out to. Um, the Menagerie of Saint Germain. Sure. Because I think Le- I think Leslie um, Leslie McShine was a really good one for that. Uh, she's a very good character. I just you would never know if she was talking straight to you. Yeah. She had too much too much on her plate. She and was, that would she be a really hard person to hang out with. Really looking inward rather than looking outward. Mm-hmm. Which can be good, but it can also be bad, as in Daria. So, yeah, so we have Daria, shout out there. Mickey, and Yuki. I'm tempted to go with Daria just because some magical or wacky stuff could at least happen while I was with the other ones. Whereas mm-hmm. with Daria, I'm just drawn into teen drama. But I'll try and I'll try and base it more on their their characters. Okay, that that's big of you. We we all know which one I hate the most. So Daria might not actually win this just because I have dealt with these people before and like. It can be fun to mess with them. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but if they're starting it and I can't leave. Yeah, just be be really happy and positive and not rise to their bait. Yeah. Like, if I can't leave and I have to hang out with them, there's... Uh... Might as well prove their worldview correct <laughs> that, uh, you know, social interaction is something to be feared. Right. Yeah. Just, just give them a few psychoses and be on with it. <laughs> and be on the rest of your day. I got shit to do. <laughs> I don't have time for you, Daria. Get Jane out here. We'll talk. We'll talk art. It'll be great. I almost think Mickey. I almost think Mickey doesn't want to hang out with me. Um, <laughs> like he's too good for you. Like he thinks he is. Yeah, that's true. He's a de- he's definitely a Debbie. Prince Yuki showed some character development beyond what you saw. However. <laughs> It wasn't a ton, and he was still kind of always this petulant thing. And ugh, there's just so many. There's a lot of problems with him. There's so many issues he has. <laughs> yeah, like with Daria, you just have to get past the misanthropy. With Prince Yuki, you kind of have to get past everything that he is. Because, oh. oh my god, yeah, because. <laughs> You're just remembering all the bad parts. Because he's probably my least there, there were a couple of really bad ones in the later episodes but he is one of my least favorite characters consistently from he's anything two up in his in in that show i think from anything <laughs> he's all up inside his own head 
he you know cares about Toru, but that's kind of it. Like, and the drum, I don't need any of that. Prince Yuki, fruit yeah. basket. Yeah, that was pretty. <laughs> Get rid of him. <laughs> I'm just remembering all the theme. We're really like batting a thousand. Like last, the music so was good. Last Cartoni Awards, we had a bunch of categories that we had to elect that had garbage music. Uh, or not garbage music, but I just wasn't thrilled about the music choices. Mm-hmm. And this one, I'm thrilled about each and every one. Yeah. And I'm glad that we get to vilify Prince Yuki in every, in every, in every, every chance we get. And I almost feel like I would enjoy hanging out with Mickey, to, like accuse him of things, because Disney's done some shady stuff. <laughs> I think that that would be a fun pairing. <laughs> and then maybe Kevin shows up. If 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 Daria and Mickey had to like hang out with each other, they would form like a black hole or something. Yeah, that's true. Just antitheses. <laughs> Okay. Next up, what do we got? Zane? Which uh, which protagonist would win in a fight? Love these. Did I do th- this? Is, it's my turn to do this one, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Good. So previous winners, I believe, were Robin mm-hmm. uh, from Teen Titans, and, and before Goliath. that, yes. So big or skillful. Uh, this time we have an interesting dispersion. I don't like the way that sounds. Uh. So first off, we're going to go with uh, perhaps the most overpowered character in all of anime, uh, Kinshiro. Yeah. So this guy knows a secret martial art that only he knows, only one person can know at a time, uh, can blow up your head by touching it. Or by not touching it. Right, it's Depending on the season. We've seen him heal people. He is just a, a bastion of goodness. And but he like doesn't like if you have slighted him in any way you're going down. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. If you've if you've wronged a child, you will be erased from existence. There is a no mercy contingency here. You're already dead. Yeah. You don't know it though. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't shown up in your uh, calendar. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one is Rad from Kid Rad. Yeah. So uh, although he exists in cyberspace. In the context of of that webcomic, he has literally unlimited power given the circumstances. But more than that, he's also got um, invincibility frames, so you have to hit him on four separate occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, he is extremely acrobatic, and famously, he doesn't get hit by the same attack twice. Yes, he is incredibly adaptable, kind of Mega Man-like. Uh, but even to a to a more ludicrous degree, I will point out that he doesn't have unlimited power at any given moment. Um, right, it he, depends on the game. He has, and he has to be able to charge it up for a while. Yeah. So unlimited power is kind of a misnomer. Yeah. Well, depending on the aggressiveness of his opponent, he he will or won't have that time to avoid them. That's true. That's true. Uh, and the third, and and this might seem like a long shot, but hear me out. Uh, Popeye. It does not seem like a long shot. I was constantly thinking that he would win in any fight. <laughs> so Popeye <laughs> is more than just a strong guy, right? He's got this sort of... Oh, he's a sailor man. He's a sailor man. They get like a plus four to strength. It's crazy. He has a rhythm of fighting, which keeps time with the music, but it's just so... Um, you know, he's, he's, he's gotten into so many fights. He's very experienced. But more than that, when he punches things, the laws of physics change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he can punch a large thing into smaller things that are similar. 
uh, yes. punching an anchor into fish hooks, for example. Uh, <laughs> he he has grabbed a lightning. Um, he can change shape. He can do the hula. He has taken extreme damage. Um, so yeah, Popeye is a Popeye's a real sailor man. He is a, definitely a real sailor man. I think I will. <laughs> I think I will discard him. Uh, the first well, because well, remember Ben, we have to do a round robin fight. We have oh, to. Oh, you're right. You have to have this fighting. Well, I will say that Popeye starts off at a bit of a disadvantage because the quality of his villains are so mundane, and he still has trouble. That's true. So, so Bluto will assume... show up. He's just a regular dude, a big dude, granted, but a regular dude. He sometimes gets the better of Popeye until well, he assume... finds a spinach. Let's assume spinach Popeye. Let's assume spinach Popeye. Very good. <laughs> this is that's a totally different Popeye. <laughs> super um, Godzilla. Yeah, it's Super Godzilla. All right. Well, okay, so... I guess let's start with Popeye versus Kid Red. Okay. This is kind of tricky because uh, <laughs> just trying to imagine them in the same space. Yeah, yeah, like a death battle kind of thing. Um, this is kind of tricky because the a lot of Rad's kind of acrobatics don't really do a lot for him here. Um, he can dodge attacks, which is good, but Popeye kind of has the edge in unique, uh, unique firepower. Like, he can punch the dude, which happens. He can also, like, punch a thing at a dude, and it's, it might be a thing that you don't think existed as an object, like the sun. I um, think what it comes down to is, can Popeye punch a rad, like a rad beam? That is, that is a, that's something to consider, and I have to say, yeah, he can. His, his forearms already bend reality. Um, this is, uh, and, and, you know, rad's beams are such male, malleable reality to begin with that I think that 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 that's viable um the question is i guess can rad land enough blows on popeye by the time popeye is able to hit him with four different attacks because rad has four hit points i actually think that popeye would win this one okay uh i'm trying to play it in my mind like i i he has never lost a fight when he has spinach so that is like a really high bar um that's true he he never even takes a hit when he has spinach, so I think that the I think that what it has, has to come down to is Rad is going to have to charge rather than try to peg him with individual shots. Right. That's going to take a while. Popeye is going to figure out ways to attack, and Popeye might actually be able to bypass the whole four hits thing because he can just punch Rad into like pixels. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he <laughs> punch Rad into a bunch of little pixels and just stomp on those. Yeah. So I think that uh, Popeye's reality bending forearms are are going to be enough here. As much <laughs> okay. as I, as much as I like Rad, I don't think he's got it. Okay, um, Rad versus Kinshiro. Rad versus Kinshiro. Rad actually has a huge advantage against Kinshiro's fighting style because it's combo attacks. So only one hits, and it's and, pressure points, which he does not have. Which he doesn't have, so he's got to just hit him four times. Uh, in the fights that I saw, it was all kind of leading up to that one big flurry of blows. I don't know what Kinshiro would do after that. Yeah. But I'm fairly certain he would not be prepared for anything that Rad could throw at him. So I think this is an easy win for Rad. Agreed. Um, so, Kinshiro versus Popeye? So now it's Kinshiro versus Popeye. This is a tricky one. <laughs> Isn't these, it? these are all real strange. Because <laughs> they're, all, they're all people. Like conceivably <laughs> but like that means very little <laughs> i love that phrase <laughs> um 
Because, like, when we had, like, Coop versus Kirby versus Robin, like, okay, these are very easy archetypes. I can just fight the archetypes. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-mm. Kinshiro's not quite anything. Popeye's definitely not anything. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know. Zane, how would you... How would you rate this one? I need I need it somewhere to start. Okay, so for whatever reason they feel the need to fight each other, let's imagine a, a just a wasteland. Um, Popeye takes the spinach. Kinshiro comes up to him, does an does, awesome like does you know, seven star style like pose, like a JoJo's pose beforehand. And now we've seen Popeye punch other people's fists out of the air. Like he, like him and Bluto will match punches and like climb up each other's punches somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In time with the music. The music, I th- okay. So the music this of the music. Fist of the North Star is not really that rhythmic. No, <laughs> well, it, the battle it's music is kind of jazzy. But... It might throw Popeye off. Popeye is used to classical stuff, you know, so, yeah, some time. swing, rumba. Yeah. <laughs> is that, that what it comes the, down to? That might be the clincher. <laughs> also, like. So if Popeye tries to do that, I think Kinshiro will just break his arm or like hit the pressure point inside of his fist. I think Kinshiro has this one. So generally I give it to, uh, I generally I would give it to Popeye because of the spinach power that kind of puts him a level above, but the pressure point thing muddies that somewhat because it's going to screw up with Popeye's metabolism and I think he'll be able to take him down. Oh yeah, the metabolism angle, like stop the digestion of the spinach. Kinshiro can do that. He can do fucking magic spells and regain people's memories. It's bizarre. Okay, so we now have one win each. That means we we that means we got to do a battle royale. So all of them fighting each other. Who can who can beat the others? It's weird because none of them really fight unless they're attacked first. I think that Popeye would go for Kinshiro first. Because he's a person what looks like a thing he knows. Yeah, because he's a large man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh boy, I got, uh, I gotta, gotta take care of this guy right quick. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, olive oil is gonna, gonna straighten the path, and he's not gonna go on dates with me anymore. Oh, Popeye, look at how strong Kinshiro is. <laughs> you don't have any scars on your chest. <laughs> ah, I got scars on my arms. Yeah, I got scars on my arms from the injections that the government did. <laughs> so Rad is watching. Uh, as we said, Kinshiro can take. Popeye, does Rad intervene if they fight? I think hard, that... Hard to see why he would. Yeah, I don't think that he does. I think that and he... And he'll use the time to charge up. He t- uses the time to charge up. He he He's not one to force a confrontation that doesn't need to be forced. Rad, Rad is constantly thinking about, should I even fight this person? That's, that's sort of his whole modality. So I think that he charges up, he figures out, do I need to fight this person? And then when Kinshiro beats Popeye, they're gonna fight. Right, because Kinshiro will kill Popeye, and Rad's like, killing on my watch, not not allowed. Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, I think that Rad wins it. Cool. Yeah, Ra- I mean, <laughs> Rad already beats Kinshiro pretty handily, so... Those, those were some fun, uh, and now he's had time to charge up. Those mm-hmm. were some fun matchups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and I like all of them, but I think it goes to get Rad. Weird. I mean, he's he's very overpowered, and the ability to dodge pretty much anything, and the idea that like it it uh, it goes away from that anime trope of once you find the other person's weakness, you just win immediately because all you need is one good punch because he's got right. four different shots. 
Yeah, I think that's the critical factor. Those are huge points. Cool. Plus, I don't know if uh, Popeye would be able to punch in time with, uh, you know, bit mu- like epic music. <laughs> I'm trying to picture, like, the bubble bobble theme. Yeah. Yeah, I think a kid of red wins. All right. Thanks for that one, Zane. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> All right, Zane, ready? Yes, sir. All right, next we have best social commentary. Hmm. I had kind of a hard one with this, but okay. I think that I've got some good categories here. So uh, first up is Pelswick. Um, yes. <laughs> there yeah, was we, a lot here. We had a lot to talk about. I mean, it was only about the one thing, how to be PC without being an asshole. But there were a lot of kind of perspectives on that within that world. You know, how, how does the actual person feel? How do how do his parents kind of deal with it? And in the father's case, it's becoming an ever loving hippie. Um, I don't I don't even think that was the only point of the show. We also deal with, you know, uh, wheelchair accessibility. We talk about bullying. Uh, the bully, the art form that is bullying. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I think that the most important one was how to be PC without being an asshole, though. Like, because that's yeah. the constant thing that he struggles with is like how that was the main, yeah, the main punch there. Yeah, even even his love interest d- treats him differently because of the wheelchair. Like, it's only Boyd Scalarza that really uh, that really treats him <laughs> fairly. You know, gives him the respect. Um, so I think that that was really interesting because of the breadth of characters that could contribute to that theme. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next is Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Um, this is for a healthy distrust of authority figures. I know this oh, is a yeah. kind of a weird one, but consider the characters that we have. We have the sheriff, Moo, you know, that's kind of a strapping young the paladin kind of Marshall Moo, strapping young paladin kind of character, good sheriff. But he's in a western setting wherein the main guy that the, the mayor, mayor, what was it, Baloney? Yeah. Mayor Baloney was a conniving, backstabbing, murderous kind of character. He was always trying to do wrong by Moo, and having him be the boss is really interesting. You also yeah. kind of have this weird vigilante style justice uh, for certain for certain circumstances that that requires, and you kind of have an interesting take on the, you know, who do I believe? Do I trust the adults? Do I trust the authority figures in my life? Or do I hold to my own code of ethics, the code of the West? <laughs> okay. Uh, and then finally, we have Bucky O'Hare, whose wartime propaganda theme was so obvious that we both said it within five minutes of the episode starting. <laughs> it, it was pretty, pretty on the nose. Yes. Um, and, and I don't know if they were self-aware with that, but I certainly got a lot out of it. Well, it was based on a comic, and I think that was much more, much more aware. And that could be true. So those are your three. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to the Menagerie of St. Germain. Uh, oh, yeah, for, of course. Uh, for talking about uh, capitalism and how you should eat fresh at Subway and, you know, that, that whole tie-in, which they, they went into detail on the show itself saying, like, hey, just because we're airing on Subway doesn't mean we support Subway's uh, uh, cutthroat capitalistic pro- uh, practices. Yeah, that's Which true. was a, an interesting take, and I don't know if it got through because they communicated it through tap dance. Yeah, I think that uh, accessibility was paramount there. So I didn't consider it. I think I'd still throw it to the side. So Cowboys of Mumesa, I don't believe... I don't believe that that was what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I don't think that they intended it to be that sort of social commentary. I agree that that's sort of built into the Western genre, uh, the distrust of authority. Um, But we, I think that was one where we read into it more than, more than was intended. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Us? Never done that before. Let's see. All right, fair enough. I I guess it is more of a property of the genre than the show. Bucky O'Hare is interesting because, like, the whole propaganda thing was a consistent undercurrent. Like, it made itself very clear, but a kid probably would have missed out on, like, the point of that. Um, It also talked about how vapid it is to be just a mindless consumer of pop culture just by watching TV, which is a weird meta commentary for a TV show. Yeah, it's kind of spirally, yeah. I I had forgotten about the the consumerism part. Pelswick, there was definitely a lot to say. I think John Callahan is perhaps not the best at saying it. Uh... Um. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's passable at saying it. <laughs> um, like he he definitely had a point, and he definitely got his point across. But it was hard to disentangle how much was him like, "Hey, people should stop being so PC," versus "Hey, I don't like a lot of specific people, and this is how I'm going to get out my my anger at them." Right. Uh, tough, tough call between Pelswick and Bucky. Well, if you have anything else to uh, to offer, I am all ears. No, I don't. I don't think I do. Ooh. Na, 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> that that can't carry weight, Zane. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you sure? Best social commentary. I think, in terms of com- like critiquing culture, I think Pelswick has it. Um, because Bucky O'Hare saying like propaganda is bad. That is a fairly, like, if you're not talking about a specific propaganda or a specific country, it it kind of lacks punch. Whereas Pelswick was very much in the context of this type of, uh, uh, handicap in this country at this time. This is my problem with it. Yeah. So I I think Pelswick's got it. All right. Wow. Yeah, I, I honestly thought that uh, it was going to go to Bucky O'Hare because of uh, how obvious the commentary was, but you are right. When it lacks when it lacks subtlety and finesse, uh, the commentary is less effective. Yeah. Cool. I, I don't know what second song we can do for Pelswick. Uh, I would do that, what was it, Intalented? But yeah, I, yeah, I don't do think that. There's, a, there's not an actual clip of it. Uh, well, I'll find one for you. If you can. I got your moves. I got something. I don't remember. I love your, I love your clothes. <laughs> I love the makeup on your face. <laughs> it's pretty cat. I'll just have you singing. Maybe it. that's probably fine. Okay. Yeah. Um. Next, we have the blandest show, or the yeah, I watch that. <laughs> okay. Uh, th- this is this is for shows where. You watch an episode, you get it, you watch another, like, they don't grow, they don't grow anything. Okay. Uh, they don't, they don't expand the medium, they don't make, they're not interesting of an, in and of themselves, they're just another show that was on. Right. So, um, so stuff like maybe Garfield and Friends. Oh, Garfield and Friends 
Everyone honorary knows. mention. <laughs> uh, so Sorry, first had that, up, had that wound sca- not scabbed yet? <laughs> um, so first up here is Codename Kids Next Door, um, which had a lot of neat gimmicks. Um, you know, some interesting character dynamics and plot lines. But at the end of the day, it was just another, hey, we're kids rebelling against authority cartoon. Yeah. And failed to make a lasting impression on me. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely co-sign on that. <laughs> um, next up, uh, Capital Critters, which was trying really hard to be the next Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't, it started out, you know, they were trying something different, being very political, being more adult. And then they just sort of stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, there, that's there, why there I didn't was, include it in the social commentary. There was funny dialogue. There was some interesting characters. It was jamming. It, it, but it was just rehashing these sitcom plot lines we've seen a million times. Just now they are mice. Sure. Um, and finally, this one did. This one is a very important art one. Uh, Johnny Quest. So this grew the art form and and you know had beautiful scenery and backgrounds and music. Mm-hmm. But it was so annoying to get through. Like it, it was boring. I don't know what to say about it other than it was boring. Yeah. For me, looking back on it, I know for people watching it at the time, it was like, oh my god, this is incredible. There, but, there's definitely a lot of nostalgia and rose-colored glasses with Johnny Quest. Yeah. Well, at the same time, admitting that like it was kind of, you know, very it was a very new style and and contributed a lot to how they did things. And I I excluded a Disney's House of Mouse just because that's that's too easy. Like that's some low hanging fruit right there. <laughs> um yeah, and, and I mean like I I think that I wouldn't even win it because although the show the show is bad, it is not like it is dynamic. There's a lot of stuff happening. It's just all bad stuff. It's it, like you can't say it was boring when we hated it that much. Yeah, like, like it I had, had to go out of, of its way. <laughs> I got a lot of money riding on this one. <laughs> I got a lot of money, money riding on this goof. Um, I think uh, I think I got a discount Capital Critters first. I okay. I like that show um, a surprising amount, and I think that the racial tensions between the mice and the uh, and the and the cockroaches was actually like it got me through enough of it. I didn't find the it multi-ethnic that cockroaches. The multi-ethnic cockroaches. That's right. And you know, Jim, it saved it. <laughs> Jam it saved that show. Jam it saved true. that show for me. Uh, so I, I think I discount that. I don't think that it was that bland. Might have been a little bit tedious at times and kind of, kind of long winded. But uh, it, did you have a show you wanted to enter into the running? For what blandest? Yeah. Let me look real quick. Scooby Doo, maybe. Oh geez, yeah. Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. Although that's just boring in the context of the Scooby Doo universe. Yeah, like, that's not that. On its own, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that. No, I, th- I think you kind of got them. <laughs> okay, so not Capital Critters. Uh, Johnny Quest or Codename Kids Next Door? Yeah, this is tough. Uh, Johnny Quest is, as you said, it, it was from a time period that didn't really have cartoon pacing down correctly for my attention span. Um, it was it was really rough around the edges. Um, Codename Kids Next Door... Did have some, you know, longer plot lines, recurring villains, um, a lot of neat gimmicks, and and uh, you know those those acronyms got got me through a lot. Yeah, they didn't get me as through as much. Um, and I think the the clincher here is that I just didn't care about anyone in Codenames Kids Next Door. 
Yeah. Whereas I cared very deeply about Ray, Ray Spannon and Haji. Oh, yeah. Oh, Haji. Oh, Haji. How you doing, Haji? It's good to hear from you again. <laughs> I think I give it to uh, uh, Codenames Kids Next Door. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yep. I really disliked it, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> I like it happened. Yeah, we have like, to. It's a show that occurred. We have to deal with it. This is your show right here. No, no. I'm in my cave. No, don't block out Codename Kids Next Door the way those dead people do. And it's weird because, like... Zane, are these these Fight Club references hitting you at all? No, not at all. (laughs) Okay. Just checking. Codename Kids Next Door is weird because, like, generally when a show is so formulaic and and standard, it doesn't last five seasons. No, it's it's weird because Johnny Quest only had the one season, so... So did Capital Critters. Capital Critters had half a season. Yeah, and I think that's more... I think that kind of bespeaks to the change in the industry. Yeah. Or just the, like... You know, how much of a Kids Next Door was was such a broad general appeal that it it couldn't shine anywhere. Anyway, next up. Uh, My last category is coolest ability. Not best ability. Coolest ability. The first coolest ability is the Hokuto no Ken. From Fist of, the, <laughs> the Hokey Pokey. Fist of the North Star, uh, that's what it's all about. This, I love the, I, I love the kind of graphic, uh, I love the, the kind of kind of graphic, simplistic brutality of the Hokutono Ken. This idea that all you have to do is hit someone and they just cease, um, <laughs> and is carried out by the artwork and is kind of the theme of the post-apocalyptic wasteland. And it's, you know, I'm not a, I'm not thrilled with the with the shouting part of it but it's really cool to watch Um, oh definitely is yeah next is popeye's reality bending forearms oh boy these things they kind of just do like you already mentioned it they kind of do whatever you want them to do they punch objects into smaller objects they interact with not like non-sentient things which then respond to him like throwing them like the moon or (laughs) lightning or whatever (laughs) right um he, you know, he punches in time with the music, so uh, th- there's just, like, a lot that he does with his forearms that could not be done with forearms, and as a boxer, that appealed to me. <laughs> yeah. Finally, uh, this is a bit of a weird one, but slam dunk for Hanamichi's guarding. <laughs> yeah, his rebounding. Not just his rebounding, but, like, his his defense in general. I think that this was kind of amazing, when somebody would try to shoot the ball in or dunk or something, he would just jump in every direction at once. Yes. And there would be like five overlapping images of him trying to get the ball in like boundless energy. Yeah. And, and like, obviously that is not what is happening, but you have to, you have to imagine how, he's, how fast he's moving so that it seemed like the, that to the other person. Um, and I thought that that was really funny, a really funny bit of animation there. God, it's it's such a shame that we don't have more things, uh, more categories for Hanamichi to shine in. Yeah, because he's yeah, I, I I like I like him a lot, but he didn't quite fit this year's roster. Yeah, he's certainly not the most interesting protagonist in the world. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, shout out, of course, to Menagerie of Saint Germain. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, the ability of Inside Out Cat to just cease to exist on command. Yeah, I mean, he only had his one episode, so he's not really going to showcase that ability a lot. But mm, that 
and the sound effects that they use with that they don't they don't they don't they don't cheapen it at all you are hearing yeah. a cat going inside out <laughs> that's what that is unmistakably what the sound is some really good foley on that um so let's see who Pop- Pop- popeye's forearms really surprised me <laughs> of what like like what his, like, as an ability or yeah like okay you you hear about popeye you hear okay strong sailor man it, all the things spinach, all the things that we know about him are not the things that we found fascinating <laughs> yes this this odd specimen <laughs> that just can kind of do anything and that's what you forget because that was the style of the animation at the time is just hey we can animate stuff we can just do whatever we want yeah um and because that's a more of a function of the style at the time than popeye specifically um it's a little hard to say but oh man was that you can do so much with that mm-hmm. hanamichi like that's within the bounds of like things a person can do i'm surprised you didn't mention fruits basket people turning into animals i don't think that was that cool Zane. <laughs> I, like i thought that was kind of annoying <laughs> oh they get hugged though it's all about uh, the hug i don't know man i thought hanamichi's guarding was fascinating it's what's fascinating about it is he doesn't use it to the best of its ability like he still wants to get that slam dunk yeah <laughs> i mean that's just a character flaw <laughs> he's got a lot of character oh, flaws. No, i want that slam dunk this character is all flaws <laughs> <laughs> um i think i have to give it to the hokutono ken yep this inspired, this inspired basically every anime fighting system. You're right, yeah, it's got a lot of weight um, it's, for future anime. Just like the representation of those fists flying super fast and not just like punching people, because that's one thing you can do, but like rupturing their organs, exploding their heads after seven seconds. Um, and all the other crazy crap we didn't even like. We only watched a few episodes. He does. He gets into some weird shit. Yeah, he gets. Yeah, he gets into some weird shit. <laughs> I like that. Also, like healing and yeah, mind reading. He, like, he can cast spells. Yeah, he calls he, them spells. He's a monk. Yeah, what is that? The mage blade monk thing. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, all right. Yeah. Fist of the North Star. Fist of the North Star. Got I it. I'm not surprised. Uh, okay. All right, Zane. Give me a give me the Our category. An ultimate category. Uh, this is best supporting cast. Uh, mm. I'm going to make a special mention that I know you would not go for. Uh, Fruits Basket. <laughs> <laughs> because you're you right. Didn't, you didn't watch enough to see some of the interesting side characters, and I hated some of them. But I, <laughs> but I did really like a lot of them. Uh, all I liked was Shigure. It was him yeah. and no one else. <laughs> he was carrying that show. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, so first okay, up okay. is Animaniacs. So it's this. This show really is many shows. Yeah, it's an ensemble show, much like um, the show we won't speak of and Tiny Toon Adventures. Right. House on uh, House. <laughs> you. Okay. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to be clear we've been talking about it this whole time ben. i know it's made me so sad uh but no so the animaniacs you know they're sort of what's remembered and pinky in the brain as well um but then you get all the other characters involved you have the good feathers um 
Oh, the good feathers. Get no respect. You have yeah, Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Yeah. Um, you have Jerry Lewis showing up, um, as, as well as a variety of other pop culture references. Um, so, you Got know, the, Animaniacs, the Animaniacs on their own and Pinky and the Brain on their own, I think, you know, that's fun to watch. But to give it the sort of replayability and like, like you need to be able to put them in different situations and interact with these other neat characters that really do support them. Warner Brothers is good at characters. Yes. They're, they're good at iconic characters. And that's what you get a lot of. And some that are not as good. <laughs> you yes. know, per, per, Purse and Mindy. Not Purse. Buttons. Oh, uh, Mitt Martin. Right. Oh, uh, uh, Button. Purse and Rita. No, Mutt. Rita and You're confusing multiple things. Yeah, but, well, they're all bad, though. <laughs> yeah, so there is some chaff, but in the Animaniacs uh, uh, segments themselves... Um, I'm so thinking... I'm, we're talking specifically about the Animaniacs segments. No, I, I don't know what to think. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Go and watch Wacko's Wish. Go and watch Wacko's Wish, guys. We're about to leave, and that's because... We're on our way to the Wishing Star. The Wishing Star? The Wishing Star? What is that? Haven't you heard? There's no such thing. It's too absurd. What's the story? What's the dish? Touch the star and you get one wish. You get one wish if you touch the star? Where is it at? Is it way out far? It could well be, but we just don't know. We'll soon find out, because we're going to go to, to the, the Wishing Star. To the Wishing Star. Something weird and so bizarre. It fell to Earth from way afar. They're on their way to the Wishing Star. The Wishing Star. Oh, yes, we are. Uh, next up, we have Daria. So okay. I've got, you know, I think the supporting cast is the best part about this show. All the weird side characters and their B-plots that they go off on. Sure. Um, angry teacher, dysfunctional family, Upchuck. weirdo kids. Yeah, uh, Upchuck. <laughs> um, really carrying what I thought would otherwise be not as good a show. Trent. Trent. Mystic Spiral. Mystic Spiral. <laughs> uh, I forgot the name of his band. <laughs> and finally, uh, the Brave Little Toaster. Oh, yeah. So uh, Toaster gets top billing and is sort of the hero, but uh, couldn't do it without the support of her friends, uh, a blanket, lamp, radio, and uh, vacuum cleaner. Yeah. And, and some really iconic uh, kind of uh, sort of villains. On the yeah. way, air, you know, air that, conditioner. That, that weird trucker. Oh yeah, um, all that that entire house of B movie like appliances. Oh yeah, with the with the voice of Peter Lorre. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the master, his right honorable God Emperor King Master, <laughs> who will save us from ourselves. Yeah, and yeah. an entire junkyard of good singers. Oh yeah, you really like that song, huh? It's still really good. It's really good. All right. I got my work cut out for me. I think I'm going to start with Animaniacs and discard it simply because the supporting cast was not uniformly good. That's true. A lot of it was like a lot of it was ensemble that I didn't like. If you go to that part in the original um in in the in the intro where they're like Animani totally insane and they're all kind of in a circle staring up at the camera. Mm -hmm. It's a good splash image. I recognize that a lot of the characters I really did not care for. I see, um, yeah. You know, like the hippo, Ralph the security guard was not great. A lot of the segments were nothing but characters that were bad. And that's the nature of an ensemble show, and you have to accept that. Like, yeah. this happened in Kablam as well. And like the show itself, high variance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, you have Pinky and the Brain. So, like, 
And like the show Animaniacs wouldn't work, I think, without that large cast. But I agree, like it, it they should have a... they should have cut the chaff when they when they could. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, but what you can say is that a lot of the supporting cast was extra. So I'm gonna count that out. Uh, Daria and Brave Little Toaster. Whew. I love I love the supporting cast in Daria. Perhaps the only time those two things have ever been compared directly. Yeah, true. Although, nope, nothing. Wow, absolutely <laughs> zero. Check out the fanfic <laughs> yep. uh, where they find a new master, Kevin. <laughs> Why do we love Kevin so much? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I think I think he might have to go to Daria. Okay. We've got a. Uh, I mean, just talking about Kevin is putting a smile on my face. Those characters are so good. <laughs> like, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the main... Brave Little Toaster is all about the main five characters, right? Those main... The main traveling characters. There are good side characters. I love the master. I think he's super cool and treats his mama right, and I love him. But I don't know how much they're supporting characters so much as they're a kind of successful group altogether Mm. yeah you don't want to watch a show with just a toaster yeah yeah right so like it's more like there were five protagonists almost uh not not quite maybe just there was one group i would feel remiss in calling any of the five supporting characters um and for that reason i think i'm going to give it to daria like i think if you allowed for those main five maybe you'd have an argument but in order to make an easier decision for myself i'll go with daria because Everyone in the supporting cast is great. Oh, you're really standing on my neck there. <laughs> what? Uh, where did it come from this time? <laughs> you're standing on my neck. Uh, no, I, I was wondering about the accent. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. All right, Zane. So Daria takes it down, and we are into the home stretch. The home run. The home run. Stretch Armstrong. Best Stretch Armstrong. Final category, Best Stretch Armstrong. (laughs) I nominate Stretch Armstrong. I nominate Michael Michael Jordan from Space Jam. From Space Jam. That's right. So Hanamichi wins this by by extension. Uh, One of the first best episodes. So the way that this works, guys, um, is that we both pick two and give the other person the wherewithal to choose between those two for the best one and then we battle those first the the ones that win in that one for the kind of final round yes and these are our episodes we put a lot of pride and effort into these uh uh, episodes over the past year and so we are just gonna we're just gonna let you know what we think is the best yeah i your your opinions may be different and your opinions are invalid you don't get a vote guys do you think that you're on the podcast that's silly. That's silly, guys. Also, if you would like to vote, please write into the Carton cast. Go ahead, write into the Carton cast. <laughs> um, all right. So it's first... not that it's not that we don't have a dem- a democratic voting system. It's that no one's bothered to try. Yeah, and that's because we're not popular, and that is fine. We're popular where it counts, Ben. Yeah, in basketball. <laughs> Rebound genius. <laughs> He's a genius of rebounds. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. First, first up, we got thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo. <laughs> oh boy! This yes. was a, 
this was a real good episode, Zane. Yes, uh, and thanks to Nick from uh, What's With You Scooby-Doo podcast for joining us on that. And that was... Oh, what a, what a fun time that interaction was. That was such a fun episode. It was great talking to him about his podcast and how he kind of thought about Scooby-Doo. Um, and we, you know, we, we also had a lot to say kind of about the nature of these weird offshoot of the franchises and how they may or may not have worked and kind of how the Scooby-Doo formula is really so malleable that you can try a bunch of things, but not so successful that you can succeed at a bunch of things. And we had some excellent bits. I still we had a crack lot up of listening bits. to the uh, Harry Potter syndrome chunk. HPS? You talking about HPS? Yeah. Um, that whole thing. N- Nick has a great personality for podcasts, and it really meshed with ours, and I hope to work with him again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, And check out the episode of his podcast that I was on, and hopefully Ben will be on one at some point. Yeah, I've, I've, I've talked to him. He said he'd, he'd be happy to have me. It's just a matter of scheduling. Yeah, so 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo is the first one. All right. Um, my first pick for best episode, I'm going to go with Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah, so, you know, I <clears throat> when I go back and listen to a lot of episodes, some of the best ones are really good, and then there's like 20 or so minutes of just kind of chaff where we go in circles. Thundercats was just lean mm-hmm. like start to finish good jokes um great, great, conspiracy, cons- theory. great conspiracy theory um i had a lot of fun talking about it and there was like nothing there was like no part of that episode that i would like cut out yeah it was all it was all pretty solid we talked about butler conventions mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah valid i i, li- I like that as a choice so and, I, and, I, and I was also happy, like, because it surprised me. I didn't expect to get a lot out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think we had to put some into it, but man, was it worth it. <laughs> and now we know about Thundercats, guys. So that's great. Thundercats. And we spent a lot of time talking about Safari Joe and his propensity to do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a the best A joke that it. is now in its third year. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys don't know where that started, go back to, like, the Unshelled segment somewhere in the first year of the Thundercats book that Zane read to me and I commented on. It's super good. Yeah, one of our best on shelf segments, I would say. <laughs> Ulysses Ulysses tells me how much he loved it. Um, all right. Next best episode that I'm going to give to you alongside the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, a little couplet for you, is the Menagerie of St. Germain. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not, inv- not, not, le- not Ledger Domain of St. Germain, as you had phrased it. No. Invader Zim. Um... So for this one, we had our friend Dan Caves on, which was great. This is a show with a lot of pop culture cachet, and we found that coming back to it, Gurr was a real problem, but <laughs> in spite of that, we had so much to talk about. Um, the The characters of Dib and Zim were really interesting. I loved their rivalry. The animation was disgusting, which made it great. Um, Gurr was fascinating to talk about as a concept, even though we didn't like him. And uh, The nature of, like... The theme of loneliness pervading the entire show, I think, was really cool to discuss. And I love how much Dan contributed to that. And the side tangents of, like, um, you know, government censorship. And, like, I don't even know how we got onto these topics. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember. It was a blur. It was a delightful blur. (laughs) But, yeah, I I nominate that one because of how how many good different conversations we had during it. Yeah, it might not have been like the high, 
like humor mark of 13 goes to scooby-doo which is why i nominated that one but there was always yeah. something to say Mm-hmm. yep um finally our final contender is uh cowboys of moo mesa i had a lot of fun with this one um, it surprised me how good it was, so, you know, that inured it to me somewhat. Yeah, um, I liked our conversation about, like, what's happening in the Wild West? Why are these characters the way they are? Um, the, the the fact that they shot guns that didn't shoot bullets, but would shoot, like, whips and things? Yeah, or sheriff badges, or dice. <laughs> um the ontological issues of cows riding other cows man that or, was so much fun to say i loved i love discussing that and the digression of those weird cow women <laughs> um yeah just like it it hit high on all marks and we had some great um code of the west riffing yep. which is now a whole genre of riffing <laughs> <laughs> apparently it is yep um yeah, that, so I just I just really like that's that. That's the same. That what what is a what is a Code of the West style riff that we've done that isn't Code of the West? Like what has the same <laughs> frequency as Code of the West does now? Uh, Bill Clinton saying Lion-O, I think is the only oh, other. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, or, we or basketball some, genius. <laughs> we must have had some earlier though. Oh yeah, um, you know Safari Joe. Uh, uh, Buck we, Todd Russell. Some, We've had some good riffs. We, we, I think. we kept on talking about how good Buck Todd Russell was as a name. Yeah. Um, would you like to have one additional like special mention episode? What do you mean? Like not in our top four contenders, but just like oh, this this also hit high. Uh, I don't have anything ready. Do you want to say anything? Oh, uh, I was thinking the mystery of Mamo. Mystery of Mamo, yeah. Was that was really, really fun. Yeah, um, we had a lot to talk about. Just making fun of of Lupin and the decisions he makes, and um, like at the good points and bad parts of that movie, I, they were both fun to talk about. Yeah, and I and I actually was considering that over Mumesa, but uh, Mumesa is just so much fun to go back to, and just like from the cracking up in the intro all the way to this weird discussion of of like why we need three branches of government. Uh, <laughs> Just sort of yeah. kept me going. Yeah. Well, I mean, I loved Lupin the Third. Like, I, I think that our movie segments kind of have an edge a lot of the time. Um, yeah. And that was a really, that was a really good one. I liked it a lot. Uh, I guess I'll also throw out that uh, Menagerie of Saint Germain was probably one of our, our best episodes. Yeah, it was. It was really special. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there was so much, there was so much raw material to work with. It couldn't help but be a home run. But I think we both did a very good job at bringing out what was important. And I think people who who haven't seen the menagerie of saint germain just by our talking about it have a really fleshed out understanding of how, what it was how like. much saying how far do we do this <laughs> how, how much farther do we go i will take this to my grave <laughs> <laughs> all right well um i guess you decide first yeah so, so between my options... 13 goes to scooby-doo and invader zim i guess let's take a second okay and decide which of the other t- a moment of silence a moment of silence for John Belushi. For <laughs> John Belushi and his family. Uh, a moment of silence for all the toasters that for have been lost. For all the toasters crushed. Those who haven't been saved by the master, because let's be honest, he only really needs the one. <laughs> I mean, how many toasters do you need? How many toasters do you need, really? Unless you're like a bagel shop. Remember when he was? Remember when Dan was talking about the four slaughter and how it would be more brave? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, uh, that was also a good contender. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agreed. I mean, the movie segments. Long episode. Um, I think I am going to prefer uh, The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Okay. Just so much uh, uh, fun. You know, and I, I love having Dan on. I love talking with him. But I also love having new guests. And uh, Nick was sort of the first of that wave of us yeah. trying to reach out for people. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciate that. And just, like... You meeting people for the first time on the air is really entertaining as well. <laughs> I'm glad you like that. Because there's a whole 15 minutes every time we do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, so who are you? <laughs> and who am I? <laughs> Why should I care about How you? did this happen? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some episodes where we do them and I know that it, that, I, that I'm doing well. Like, I, I've kind of, I'm on, I'm on the, I'm on the right track. I've got a good headspace. You're on I'm the right good, side of history. I'm making good jokes. Like Talking I just shit feel about good Scooby-Doo. while I'm doing those episodes. And 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo is definitely one of those. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you feel between uh, Mumesa and Thundercats? It's kind of close, but I think it's com- I think it's Thundercats. <laughs> Thundercats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you sold me. Like There was a lot to talk about. And uh, I think we made some really funny jokes. That, that, uh, that conspiracy theory really, really carried a lot of it. <laughs> so yeah i think it's thundercats oh it's great stuff yeah so between 13 ghosts scooby-doo and thundercats now this one i think does come down to the chaff argument which is do you prefer the best of the best with some you know side conversations that kind of didn't go anywhere or you know stuff like that or do you prefer like a short good episode that's that's like and i want to say of all of our episodes this past year i think a lot of them hit a very high bar for me. Yeah, I, I think that like, we've been I, I doing think a we've very been good. improving in our quality. I think so too. I I think I don't think I've gotten quite the pacing down yet. There are so many sections that sometimes I'm not sure where to go, but I think that we are improving overall. Yeah. And if we are not improving overall, go ahead and write into the Carton Cast. Tell us yeah. what you think. Um, what we, segment would you like? Yeah. What segment would you like? What kind of shows would you want us to? kind of kind of dissect in a certain way um if there's segments you want us to pull back from a bit i could see an argument uh we we want to improve and if you can think of a way for us to do that we are more than happy to listen yes yes uh we will hate you for you know for 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 criticizing us i will be a little passive aggressive i think i think i'll be aggressive aggressive oh bold choice but mostly to you zane i mean you're, you're the only one here so if oh, anyone yeah. wants me to be more aggressive to Zane, you can also write in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what do you think between these two? We're clearly stalling for time because I don't know which one of these to pick. I want to give it to 13 Ghosts Scooby-Doo. Only you can return the demons to the chest. Because you let them out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I can the, see that. I think that's the I think that's the I mean, for me. Just by the numbers, that's the one I've listened to more. Yeah, that, I mean, I always go. I go back to it a lot, which says a lot. Having a guest, of course, usually helps. The fact that he was a great guest uh, is, you know, even more helpful. Yes. We already had something to talk about. Scooby Doo is a fascinating franchise, so you know that was and that like, was fun to delve into. Talking about I Fred, loved, I love dissecting every awful character in that show. Yeah, with uh, with uh, the, the, talking Slim about Vincent Slam. Van Gogh. <laughs> Van Gogh is great. Talking about other iterations of Scooby-Doo, like Red Herring in uh, oh, A God. Pup Named Scooby-Doo. So good. Yeah. 
So that's yeah, what so I would say for it. it. Uh, what do you What do you think? I I think I agree. I think the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo is our winner for this year. Very nice. Uh, let's put it up on the shelf alongside what were the other ones? Wizards. Yes, wizards. Very and good. Uh, Corpse Bride slash Hamtaro. That's right. I forgot about Hamtaro. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Yeah. All right. But we had a well, lot of good episodes this year, so like I don't feel bad about that. Like I yeah. wish I could put a bunch of them on the shelf. Congrats to ourselves for another great year. Good job, us and those no eggs one are else. still fresh. They're, they're still good. They're still good. <laughs> Just a little airborne. Um, and thanks so much for the guests that have come on the past year. I didn't write a list of them down, but you know who you are. Yes, and if people have recommendations for other uh, people or podcasts or or guests that you would like to have on, let us know. Yeah, we're we're looking in the market to get some more cross promotion. Get some. Uh, Get some mixing in there. Uh, we've done a little bit, and we'd like to do more. So, and we're hoping to start up some other projects. So keep an eye out. Yeah, put put point us in the point us in a good direction. If you know put a cartoon, out an all points bulletin. If you for knew the Carton Cast, <laughs> if you know a a cartoon or whatever podcast that is, if you if you enjoy a podcast quite a bit that you think we'd work well with, and is not so popular as to make us nervous, uh, go ahead and <laughs> shoot it to us and let us know so we can reach out. Yes. Uh, so, Ben, thank you once again for another great year. Zane, it's been a pleasure. It has I, been I'll pleasurable. Keep, I'll keep you on as my brother for yet another year. You pass. <laughs> you pass, oh, man. Boy. I'll renew your I'll renew your license. Do I get a raise? You do not get a raise. <laughs> raises are for closers. Raises are raises are for closers. That's right. <laughs> uh and until next year. Well, Zane, what are we doing next? You sh- shit. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, it's your fault for not prompting me. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Uh, next time that's we are fault. watching reboot. Uh, have you had a chance to look at this? Nope. Put it off. Oh, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll be interesting. I'm still gonna catalog my my thoughts going through it. And please, Zane, do. I gotta tell you how happy I am that we're gonna be starting the year with something like reboot. It's it's really something, Ben. Yeah. This will be a good place to, to jump off from. And I think after that, we've got a, got a movie segment. That's right. We've decided together that we're going to watch Fern Gully. Yes, the classic environmentalism film that I have not seen but have heard contains a scene with Robin Williams as a bat rapping. Yeah, th- this should be interesting. I've heard other people reference it a lot, um, including some of my favorite podcasters, so I'm interested in what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, uh, until next time, go ahead and go to our Facebook page, go to our website, cartoncast.com, go ahead and leave a rating or review on iTunes. More than anything else, just tell your friends about the show, and have a carton day. Carton day? Is that the new Saturday? Happy carton day, Zane. (laughs)